cricket is coming and it's time for a bat. We're going to sub some bodies and we'll have a good laugh. Hello and welcome to episode 25 of Get It Whacked, the Macclesfield Cricket Club podcast. Over the coming weeks and months, we intend to go behind the scenes of Max CC and meet some of the players and characters of the club. Find out some things about them you never knew, or most likely never wanted to know, and above all, hopefully have a few laughs along the way. Macclesfield Cricket Club is grateful for the continued support of our various sponsors. Today's featured sponsor is GF Holding. GF Holding were formed in 1908 and since then have delivered a significant number of projects within the leisure and banking sectors all over the UK. Their approach and their highly skilled team ensures that they exceed their clients' expectations and encourages them to return to them with their next projects. They deliver a high-quality finish to their clients' projects, which they deliver on time and to budget. GF Holding kindly donated to the Cricket Club in order to fund the building of the nets. You can find more at www.gfholding.co.uk. Without further ado, I would like to introduce today's guest. Whilst you may not know this man by name, you will more than likely recognise him by his distinctive voice as the man behind the camera at Sandersted Cricket Club. His YouTube channel, Sandersted CCTV, has gone on to amass nearly 4 million views, together with hundreds of clips made famous over Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Before becoming the man behind the camera and the voice of Sandersted, he had a long and illustrious playing career, which is now continued through his children. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Dan Allen. Dan, how are you? Oh, very well, Miles. Um, yeah, four million views. I didn't know that. Yeah, well, I, I had a little look on your YouTube page and uh, there it was. I think you're at 3.89 or something like that. So there you go. Wow. Bonkers quite an achievement i have to say yeah no it's a, it's a crazy thing it's a crazy thing well um, no doubt we'll we'll get on to talk about you know youtube and being yes. the man behind the camera but um a few questions before we get to that the first is how are you dealing with the lockdown situation that we find ourselves in um you know really really enjoying it probably anything i i, I work from home anyway so uh it, work-wise it doesn't really have much impact on me I, I miss going up to up to town sort of once a week and, and and having a walk around up there but in terms of cricket obviously there isn't any so that's uh massively disappointing and i'm sure everyone feels the same way in terms of, of sort of creativity and doing the channel and that kind of stuff I've had to work with what I've got so it's all about recycling old stuff and and that's been really really good fun uh, you know I'm recycling or making new content out of old material and people seem to love it I'm getting a lot of really really positive messages from people saying how um uh, you know, this this stuff is helping them through a lockdown devoid of, of cricket. Yeah, I can certainly relate to that with, with the podcast that, you know, that we're running now. Um, you know, one of the main reasons it was born really was as the start of lockdown and it it soon became pretty clear we, we weren't going to be getting much in the way of cricket and the the inspiration was there really to just sort of bring a bit of a bit of cricketing joy to uh you know various members of our club and and as i said to you you know privately it's kind of gone on to expand a little bit and and i'm thrilled to be able to kind of now feature some some people from further afield and as i alluded to in your introduction you certainly are a, a distinctive and, and sort of well-known voice now thanks to you know sander said cctv yeah, no, thank you. It's uh, it's a it's a strange thing. I never imagined in a million years that um, uh, it, it would achieve the sort of numbers and the following it has. I've never thought of my voice as distinctive. Uh, it's really it's. Uh, I think what it is, it's just an amalgam of 
of the people I listened to when I was growing up on Test Match Special. So you can get a hint of sort of Aggers and Gower and and Johnners and Blowers and all those all those guys. But it's not it's not deliberate. I think it's just there by by osmosis. Anyway, the main thing is I'm just delighted that that people seem to like it. You mentioned obviously the fact that you work from home. Do, do you want to tell us what you what you do when you aren't sort of filming or editing for Sanderstead CCTV? Well, yeah, I've I've co-founded uh, with three partners a um, a youth careers platform called SortYourFuture.com, and we're we're going to launch that later this year. Well, it's it's out and available now, but we're going to sort of do a proper marketing launch later on. But it really what it's about is it's about helping young people to discover the uh, the sort of jobs and careers that might be right for them based on uh, uh, their attributes and their hobbies and interests rather than their academic qualifications. So it's more about discovering your purpose. And the sooner you can do that as a young person, the, uh, the, the better your life is going to be. So it's a it's a very worthy project, uh, great fun. My partners are fantastic, and it's a really, really good product. Sortyourfuture.com. There, nice little plug there you've teed up for me, Miles. Thank you. <laughs> oh, what what can I say? I'm uh, I'm I'm nothing if efficient when it comes to uh, plugs. <laughs> now, moving on to talk about some cricket here, Dan. I think that's what we're here to do. What would you say your earliest cricketing memories are? Wow. Uh, well, I was uh, born and brought up in a village in great called Great Glen in Leicestershire uh, into a, a cricket nut family so my dad played his dad played his brother played uh, and um, my dad was the groundsman and, and one of the you know one of the sort of stalwarts of, of that village cricket club and so you know it, it was in the blood earliest memory uh, you know it would be so early I, I, I was you know, always had a bat in my hand or bowling a ball or, or whatever. I think my first game would have been, we had a sort of, you know, junior cricket wasn't quite as advanced then as it is now. So you didn't have sort of under eights and under nines and that kind of stuff. I was probably about 10 or 11 when I played my, my first proper uh, game of cricket. But yeah, it's uh, great fun. Lovely, lovely village, lovely club. I need to go back there at some point. And how did you kind of find your way to Sanderstead, if you like? Great question. So I went to university, University of East Anglia in Norwich in, what, 82. And the guys that I played with there in the UEA team, two of them played for Sanderstead. So when I uh, left uni in 85, came down to London, got a job, and um, needed a club to play for and uh, they said well look you know why don't you come down to Somerset um, so uh, I did played my first game in the summer of 86 and been there ever since so this is I think my 35th year at the club and the rest they say is history which is uh, an often used phrase but I think probably quite appropriate in in this context so I think now is a good time to sort of bring in you know, Sanderstead Cricket Club and, and the old sawmill. And, and perhaps you can just sort of tell us quite broadly about the club itself and things like that. Yeah, so the club itself was largely established, well, 1881, I think, is the uh, when it was formed, although there's, you know, inevitably there's sort of debate and, and stuff about it. But it's <laughs> 1880s. And um, uh, it, it sort of largely revolves around the Sherlock family. And they moved the the, uh, the cricket club, Sunset Cricket Club, to the old sawmill in I think the 30s or 40s. I'll, I'll get chastised by one of the Sherlocks for, for not getting this right. And um, because they owned, the Sherlock brothers owned this, or father, grandfather now, whatever, the Sh- a, a senior Sherlock <laughs> owned the plot of land that, um, that is now the old sawmill. And they set up a trust um, which, which basically... Um, said that that land can only ever be used for cricket purposes whilst the game of cricket is being played anywhere. 
So it's a protected piece of land. We're very lucky to, to have it because it's also a, a, a lovely ground. A lot of people look at it on the video and say, oh, it's tiny, it's small. And it, it, it is a small ground, but it's not too small for, for proper club cricket. The telephoto lens makes it look a lot smaller than, than it is. Yeah, it's got a long history, the club. We've always been a sort of village club that, that's, uh, you know, tried to punch above its weight. And we've certainly done that in the last last half a dozen years or so. And, and do you want to tell us sort of the team structure that you've got there? I believe you've got two grounds, haven't you? We we do. So we have, we use the Sarnestead Recreation Ground as our second ground, which is uh, just, a, just a sort of five minute walk away of that. We have four league teams on a Saturday. So the ones and twos alternate and play at the old sawmill, the threes and fours play on what we affectionately call the wreck. And then Sunday, we, we have a Sunday 11, uh, but we also play in, in the Surrey Trust League, which is a, a development league, which mixes up um, sort of senior first and second 11 players with sort of junior players who are uh, just sort of branching out from uh, junior cricket and moving into 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 adult cricket and it's a brilliant brilliant format is this a, a sort of thing where you have to have x players above and below 25 or 21 or whatever it is yeah so i think uh you've got to have eight players below the age of 21 of which four have got to be under the age of of, of 18 i see and it doesn't matter which team they come from so you can have your three or four best first team players and and then and then you can have sort of seven 14-year-olds if, if you want. And, and actually, I think we've kind of done that a couple of times. And it's, it's great. The first team players love it because they're, you know, they really are seeing and playing with junior players that they wouldn't otherwise play with. And the, obviously, the uh, lads really love it, playing with people who, are, you know, in many ways are, are, are their, their heroes. Am I right in thinking that you, you've actually won that, um, the sorry, Trust League uh, in, in previous years? We entered it in 2014. That was our first year. And we um, won it. We we were and actually I I captained the first ever game against Purley in I think May 2014, and um, yeah we we won it that year. I didn't play any more games. We we we, <laughs> we it was too much hard work. God, it's uh, yeah yeah uh, they're, they're a lot younger than me. And um, yeah we won it in that that year. We beat Guildford in the final. We we were playing Div Five of the Surrey Championship. Guildford were a Premier League club. Um, and they had, uh, well, Will Jacks was playing for them in, in that game, who now plays for Surrey. And I think they had about three or four Surrey junior players. And we had, you know, no one really. And yeah, we, we, we won a low scoring thriller. And I didn't have my camera with me. James, my son, was playing, but I didn't have my camera with me. And it's my biggest regret. And it's actually sort of that, that missing that game is probably the thing that made me think, right, I'm, I'm going to film you know, I'm now going to film games. I can't have us playing in a, a, a momentous game like that and not having it recorded. Um, but luckily, the uh, lads um, uh, repeated the feat in uh, 2015. We won it again. And in fact, we were unbeaten in, in, in two, two years in that competition. Been all downhill ever since. No, no, no. <laughs> well, I suppose with, with that kind of format, as much with, with any team, really, players come and go and, and you get the ebb and flow of, you know, junior players becoming senior players and the older players dropping out. So it's it's hard to maintain a standard, especially at that kind of format where increasingly some players are not going to be selectable and, and vice versa. Correct. I mean, we, we were fortunate uh, in 2014-15 um, in that our our under-18s were exceptional players. So we had, well, they're players that people that watch the channel are very familiar with. You know, it's George Jackson. It was uh, 
Johnny Locke, it was James Allen, it was uh, Tricky Wilson. So we had a really, really good, and uh, there'll be others I've forgotten to mention, but, you know, when you've got 18-year-olds or 17-year-olds who are, you know, pretty much first 11 cricketers able to play in that format just because they're brilliant youngsters, then, uh, yeah, you're, you're going to do well in that in that format. And then when they, those lads are too old to, to qualify, as it were, and you've got to have, uh, youngsters then yeah if you haven't got the same quality of youngsters coming through then yeah you, you you won't you won't do as well but it's a it's a brilliant format now you've mentioned some of the sort of um more well-known first team players for, for for people that watch the channel as you say um but like every cricket club there are always some very entertaining characters are there any you'd like to tell us about oh my um, yeah, we've we've got uh, wow, um, we, we've got quite a few. I mean, Lord, Lord Hanley, Edward Hanley, who's our Sunday umpire. He's been at the club for for decades. Um, uh, wonderful guy. He's uh, he's actually uh, and he umpires with a shooting stick, sort of toddles off to square leg. Brilliant raconteur. Got some great stories. He's uh, late eighties now, and um, long long may continue. So there's there's Lord Hanley. He's whisper this he's not a real lord but uh it, it just it just sort of makes it you know it, it makes it makes it look better when uh you know we talk about having lord handy the third earl of said but you're probably after the the sort of playing characters well we've got we've got derek dell derek rushforth who uh he's one of the old boys that plays uh for us in in our sunday team and the umpires on a on a saturday for our seconds and derek's always quite quite amusing i think mainly because he was never really a cricketer um, until later in life, and he sort of almost think, thinks he is, and it's, <laughs> it's <laughs> and it's and he's yeah he's he's, he's always um, well. If you just watch the videos, you'll you'll see Dell. He's sort of you know bowling and his batting is is it's very village, and he he epitomises village because he's having a go. Uh, he's had a quadruple heart bypass about three or four years ago, and he's come back and he's still playing. So. So, you know, hats off to Derek. If he can do it, anyone listening to this can, can, can also do it. You have a very um, excellent tagline for, for Dell on some of the videos, which is that, I, I mean, I'm paraphrasing here and I'm sure you'll correct me, but he plays for the, the Surrey over 50s, 4th 11, and only because there isn't a 5th 11. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's over 60s, actually. I, I do apologise, Dell. <laughs> But yes, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. I, 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 yes, uh, uh, these little catchphrases are—I I, they just sort of turn up, and um, and then once I've created one and it and it works, I'll just I'll just use it over and over again. Well, it, it worked for Paul Whitehouse and Harry Enfield, didn't it? So uh, quite, I think any self-respecting uh, person in, in in media or in entertainment's got got to have a catchphrase. Um, mine seems to be uh, "It's fair to say" or "Moving swiftly onwards," which. Very good. Well, Lots of the lads at the club um, give me a, no end of stick about. In fact, a few of them have suggested that we we ought to have a, a drinking game uh, revolved around one of the podcast episodes because apparently I, I repeat certain things so frequently that it would be a fantastic drinking game. Moving swiftly onwards, shall I say. Um, I thought it'd be great to just sort of talk about some of your stats and, and, and your own cricketing career because as much as you're you know synonymous with, well, filming and reporting on other people's, as I, as I said, you, you do have a long and sort of illustrious career yourself so i thought it would be it'd be really good to just sort of run over some of your your stats and um normally when i say this on the podcast from people from our club in, in macclesfield i often have to precursor this 
and saying, of course, play cricket is not always that uh, comprehensive and, you know, there's lots of games missed. But actually, for once, I can say that your play cricket is rather comprehensive. So you've clearly got a, a somebody actively working very hard in the background, putting games onto play cricket, going back for yourself as, as far as 1986. So... You have an incredibly comprehensive um, set of, of, of records and statistics, which is which is fantastic. Um, so I don't have to give my normal precursor. Anyway, getting on to your stats for what they are, you have, uh, firstly, we'll talk about the batting stats. You've played three... <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd laugh about that, but you've got to save the best for last. Um, you've played 379 games with 219 innings, 83 not outs, scoring 1,173 runs with a highest score of six. 61, and I will I will move very swiftly onto the bowling because um, I think it's fair to say you, you very much consider yourself a bowler. Yes. <laughs> yep. So you have bowled. Here we go. Three thousand eight hundred ninety-seven point one overs with six hundred sixty-six maidens, seven hundred thirty-nine wickets with a best of eight for twenty-three, including thirty-seven five-wicket hauls. Now I thought it'd be really great, Dan, to, to maybe talk about um, your your best bowling. Now this is going back a little way, um, but do, do you remember much about that game, eight for twenty-three? Well, uh, you know what, Mars. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> um, I've got a I've got a terrible memory for 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 games. Some games stick in the memory, but but you know most of them don't. Um, I mean, I, I I hate the way this might sound, but I I did I, I did take a lot of eight eightfers. I think I've got about eight or nine eightfers, and uh, this one was a second eleven game against Brook. Uh, you know, I I looked at it earlier when I saw the the, the stats that you're looking at because they've only just recently been been compiled by Patrick Sherlock one of the one of the Sherlock uh, lads who's lads he's uh, he's just turned 60 but he's our he's our third 11 umpire so well done to Patrick for for doing these and there are still some missing um so it's not it's not that complete that's not Patrick's fault it's because you know we haven't got the books but uh, so I reckon I'm about 150 wickets light but hey ho I'll, I'll I'll take what I've got um but yeah, I can't really re- remember this game, but I can see that I came on third change. Um, so the four bowlers that came on before me had managed to get two wickets between them. And then uh, I think when I came on, only one wicket. Uh, and, then, <laughs> and then I got it. So all I can say is I, I don't think I don't think they were very good because, you know, me taking eight for 23 is, uh, it, well, it shouldn't happen that, that often. I'm just looking through some of your other stats here. And, and as you said, you do have rather a few eightfers. Uh, I think it's eight or nine, as you say. And in fact, you took three eightfers in one season. But I can see an, an eight for 24 um, in a first team game. I, I don't know if you, uh, if you remember anything about that. That's from a little bit further back. That's 1998. Yeah, ninety-eight. I think that 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 was that was a that was against Woodman Stern. It was indeed. Yeah, Woodman Stern. For anyone that remembers the uh, the one-off play outside edge, that that was filmed at Woodman Stern Cricket Club. Uh, it's a local local rivals just down the road. We still play them on a Sunday, although um, I don't think we're not in the same league as them anymore. And um, yeah, they were always a tough team to play. They had some very very good players in the side. And if you if you got wickets against Woodman Stern, you 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 knew you you. You knew you'd bowled well. I mean, their opening bat, Ray Turner um, and his son, I think Danny Turner, they were fantastic players. And I think uh, Ray always opened the batting, always got runs against us. And I, I, I think I got him out in that 
in that game. Well, uh, yeah, eight for 24, I got most of them out. But uh, uh, yeah, no, really, really pleased with, with that one because uh, we didn't, we didn't, uh, yeah, we didn't always beat, beat Wood, Wood and Stern. Tough, tough side. No, and I think it's uh, it's key to point out that was a first team game and that was in the Surrey Championship Division 3. Just to give you the full stats, um, you bowled 15.1 overs, seven maidens, eight for 24. Wow. And again, in, in, in that particular game, you actually bowled second change. So the chaps that came before you, uh, yeah, did, didn't get the job done, but you did. Quite usual. If, if we if we in the field first, then obviously, uh, you know, someone has to come on and take the shine off the board. And I think we bowled first in that game. If we if we bowled second and, and got a half decent total, then myself and my spin twin partner, Chris Ashleyman, who's taken something like 1,300 wickets, um, and one of the chat, he's actually the chap that brought me to the club. He was, I was at university with him. Yeah, me and him would quite often open the bowling if, if we were bowling second. Well, it's it's funny you, you mention him. I think the last thing I, I was going to sort of uh, talk about was um, the, the sort of overall uh, leading wicket takers for Sandersted. And as you mentioned, uh, Chris Aishleman features second on that list. And, and mm-hmm. yourself, you're, you're at number six. Um, yeah. Although... You have given a little caveat that you're light about 150 wickets, so so maybe that pushes you up to number three. Who knows? It, it would be nice. I, I I doubt it. I think I, if I can get if I can get above Shep, that 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 would be great. But uh, that that would be finding finding scorebooks in order to do that. Uh, <laughs> and, and that of course, I mean Shep. He he packed up not long after I started, so um, Shep might not have that many uh, uh, many wickets left unrecorded as it were but uh, yeah I, I think I got a few long-term listeners to the podcast will know that former guest and club celebrity Pete Langley has been running 100k in a month for charity by hook or by crook he's now completed that challenge and after a modest target of 200 pounds was achieved inside 24 hours he is now close to raising 1000 pounds for Parkinson's UK he would like to thank anyone from the Max CC community who has donated. No matter how big or small the donation, each one is appreciated hugely. The fundraising webpage is still open by searching Langer's 100k on justgiving.com and if anyone was holding back not believing he would do it, donations are still welcome. Now I know uh, you're very proud to say that two of your children now play at Sandersted. Um, do you want to tell us firstly about Lucy and then obviously about James as well? Yeah, uh, um, um, or maybe could could I do it the other way round? Probably. Yeah, yeah please uh, do. Because it's in chronological order. Uh, I mean, James, James. I remember he's what is he? He's 22 now, and I remember the uh, Ashes, the 2005 Ashes. He was seven. And um, we were watching it together and it was obviously it was, you know, one of the best test series of all time. And he was utterly fascinated by it. And he was watching Shane Warne bowl. And uh, he said, Daddy, Daddy, look, Um, uh, he took me out into the garden and said, look, this is what Shane Warne bowls. And he bowled a a perfect leg break and then said, "Uh, Daddy, um, he also sometimes he bowls this other ball. And he just bowled a googly. I thought, blimey! <laughs> so, so he 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 that that got him the uh, bug, and I think he got a lot of a lot of kids watching that series really got got the bug for cricket. And he he then sort of went and played uh, a bit of county age group stuff with uh, Ollie Pope and Sam Curran and Amar Verdi and all the guys that are now playing 
player just come through from that year in in Surrey. But yeah, he uh, you know he's he's more of a sort of party guy and uh, prefers having fun and having a drink than doing the hard work to to, to make his cricket better. But he, he's he's a naturally gifted player. He's a sort of you know medium fast sort of opening bowler, uh, um, swing bowler, uh, and a very aggressive um, slogger really. But no, a sort of cultured slogger. Um, very exciting player to watch and uh, a late order hitter, you might say. Yeah, well, you know, he can he can come in sort of. Yes, yeah, he's a six, seven, eight. You know, yeah, great, but great, great to watch. And then Lucy, who is six years younger than than James, she's sixteen, and uh, she just loves the game. She's sort of quite sporty anyway. You know, plays netball and and the stuff that that the girls play at school. But um, uh, uh, you know, they don't or well, they didn't play cricket at her school and. So she um, she she joined Sandersted, where we don't have a ladies team, but uh, she she plays with uh, you know the under 14s, under 15s, and, and and whatever age group she's in, and she's the only girl that plays regularly in that in that age group. Uh, she absolutely loves it, and then she plays in our Sunday team, and um, is probably is probably the sort of straightest bowler that that we have in our Sunday team. Probably because uh, everyone dropped catches off her bowling, so she knows to get wickets. She's got to bowl straight. Uh, <laughs> but but at, actually, what she is, what she will become, I'm convinced of it, is a is a pretty good opening bat. She she's uh, she's very patient, very determined, and and is sort of building up the skills necessary to to you know I think do pretty well and and pretty soon get get in our sort of you know third team league league uh, team on it on a Saturday in a couple of years' time and and, and be, be the opener, possibly. Fantastic. Well, it, it's good that you mentioned that because they have actually opened the batting together on a couple of occasions um, with partnerships, I, I believe, of 70 and 94. I think one of them was, was an unbeaten stand, wasn't it? Um, yeah. But do, do you remember much about either of those games? I think they're both on film, aren't they? Yeah, I remember them very, 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 very fondly. A huge proud moment. The, the first time... Uh, we played Sutton in a Sunday game at the end of last season, and uh, James, as usual, was massively hungover. Um, uh, and we, we'd be, uh, Sutton had batted first. It was a forty-over game. They got something like two hundred and uh, two hundred and six or something. And the skipper, it was Derek actually, the skipper said, "Oh, uh, James, Lucy, can you open the batting?" And, and Lucy was sort of a little bit, uh, you know, sort of <laughs> worried about that, as indeed was I, because uh, Sutton are a proper a proper club. They take their cricket seriously, whatever level they're playing at. And they had uh, they opened up with with a couple of proper uh, proper opening bowlers. And uh, Lucy just she just sort of stood there and and blocked it out, um, which blunted their attack. Both these bowlers bowled their quota of ten overs, and Lucy was still there. She'd been hit. She got a horrible bruise. Uh, but yeah, she she only got seven. But uh, put on 70 with, with James, who obviously could look after himself in those situations, um, and laid the platform for, for, for the ultimate um, victory when the middle order guys came in and, and knocked it off. Great game of cricket. Very, very good. And what about the 94 stand between them? So that was against the Cricket Society, I think the, the weekend after, the Sunday after. Um, and I think we batted first in that one. And um, James came in about four, I think. Lucy came in at five or six. And... And they they batted together. Clearly, Lucy loves loves playing cricket with with her big brother, um, and was very much inspired. He's very very good at talking to well any of the youngsters when he's with them. He's a real encourager and a motivator. And it clearly 
works because she started to sort of, you know, play a few shots in, in, in that game. Um, and yeah, they put on 94 together, unbeaten. Um, Johnny Locke, who was the, who was the captain, uh, he, he declared without thinking that they might actually get a hundred partnership. Um, uh, but no, it, it was the right thing to do. Um, and then what, what you haven't mentioned is that the weekend after, James wasn't playing, but Lucy shared a 50, a 50 partnership with um, uh, another one of our players, um, Stuart Ellery. So she shared in three consecutive 50 partnerships, which, uh, yeah, very, very proud moment. And, uh, but unfortunately, you know, she hasn't been in a play since then. Well, exactly. That's, uh, that's the plight we are, we're all under, I'm afraid. But um, as, as you say, this is, this is a great thing about having so much content as you do. Um, and, you, and you're able to kind of recycle and, and, and find, find some new ways to get content out there. But before we get on to, to really talking about Sunderstead CCTV, as, as much as any of us enjoy your videos of, of various Sunday and, and friendly fixtures, which seem to attract uh, the more infamous, dare I say it, sort of village clips, mm-hmm. um, the first team at Sanderstead uh, play a very good standard of, of Saturday league cricket. Do, do you want to tell us about their sort of fortunes over the last few years? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, well, we, we've we've always had a, a, a couple of very sort of, uh, sort of key players. I mean, Simon Carter is, 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 is the main man. I think Simon's um, uh, late 30s or maybe 40 now. But he did play a couple of Surrey twos game when twos games when he was younger. So he's a real top quality all rounder, um, and he's been the sort of linchpin of our of our rise really over the last ten to twelve years. But uh, as we met, we mentioned the the development stuff earlier, and and those youngsters I mentioned in that team, they've sort of come through, and they're all now obviously playing first team cricket. Um, so the, the the quality of of the first team is is really good. It's largely homegrown, but we do we do have people that uh, you know want to come and play for us. Um, partly because of the, uh, well, I think mainly because of who we are. Um, yes, we've got a bit of a, of a profile, but you know we've got a good culture and a, and a lovely ground, and we play sort of quality cricket without taking ourselves too seriously. And I think it's that mixture that that draws players to us. Um, and you know, players that we've got, they they. You know, encourage their mates to come and play from us for us if they've left their school or, or whatever. So we, you know, we're quite fortunate in that we don't really have any difficulties getting new, new, new players in. And we uh, just one other person to mention really that I haven't thus far is uh, Greg Pettifor, who was our captain from um, I'll probably get this wrong, uh, 2015 to 2018, I thought 2014 to 2018, I think. Uh, we had three consecutive promotions under Greg's leadership, um, and, and for me, it, and Greg's not—he will be the first to admit—he's not—he's not, he's not uh, the best um, cricketer in the team. He's a—he's a very useful lower order batsman and an occasional bowler, but uh, he probably wouldn't get in the first team on on merit. But he's—he's uh, he's Mike really, you know. But as a captain, um, absolutely fantastic, huge m- motivator. Uh, the guys loved him, and it just shows you the power of leadership. So you know your 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 captain should always be the guy who is who is the best leader. It's a, it's a very powerful a very powerful thing. And what um, what league or what division did you manage to get the first team up to? Yeah, so so we went from from five to four, four to three, three to two. So um, we we hit uh, uh, D- division two in um, twenty seventeen was our first uh, first games in in. in um, Div, sorry, 2018 were our first games in, in Div 2. Uh, we held our own in, in 2018, probably should have done better, 
um, uh, because we sort of we brought in a couple of players that were really talented. Um, Sharif, who who I know is a is a fan favourite, and um, Sam Owen, who's a very aggressive uh, opening bat keeper, and 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 what one or two others, and um, um, yeah, we sort of just just sort of just failed in a couple of games to 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 hammer home the advantage. Otherwise, we may well have have gone further. Um, but then last year, we we sort of we, we we didn't do so well. I think like like all rapid rises. You you you're always setting yourself up for a fall at some point, and <laughs> and, and yeah, last last year it, it it kind of went 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 wrong a bit, but uh, we're 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 and we lost a couple of players, and we're but we're we're we're, we're going to bounce back. Now, obviously, you've, you know you've made mention of lots of really great uh, matches and and occasions and performances over the years, and and as as you say, and and as we are all aware, a lot of these are, are now sort of. Uh, viewable and, and archived on YouTube and, and various other platforms. I suppose my, my next question is, is really to start talking about sort of Sanders said CCTV as you call it and, and, and I think my first question would be sort of tell us about the birth of Sanders said CCTV. Well uh, it was a complete accident really uh, um, so I, I mentioned earlier that I'd, um, I'd sort of regret not being there for when our dev team beat Guildford in the 2014 trust final um, and that that kind of made me think. Okay, well, look, you know, 2015, I'll film some games. I filmed a couple of games in 2015. Just go back a little bit. I mean, I'd always sort of filmed James, you know, when he was playing playing sort of junior cricket and school cricket and stuff, but not not full games. Just just him, you know, batting and bowling for him to look at. Um, but yeah, uh, 2016 and 2017 was sort of the first seasons that um, that I actually filmed quite a few. Of the first eleven games and and the, the development eleven games, not many, but about sort of you know five or six in twenty sixteen and and a few more in twenty seventeen and and I thought well what can I do with these games I've got them on film and uh, the lads need to see them so I put I just worked out how to start a YouTube channel put them up there just so the the lads could see them um, and then I, I discovered or I looked at the stats and saw that one game had got a thousand views and I thought well that can't be right I, I know you know James or George or whatever did well in that game but 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 they won't have watched it a thousand times um so uh so I thought well this this is this is this is a thing so I'll, I'll take it a bit more seriously um and uh, uh um you know 2018 uh, I started the we started the season in 2018 I thought well look we can we can turn this in, into a thing we've got you know we've got a we've got a few subscribers let's let's see we had to get a thousand subscribers I think to to take us to the next level in 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 in, in YouTube land, where the, I think you know the, the, it's like a snowball. The better you do, the more they push you, kind of thing. So um, so we had a bit of a drive to get subscribers, and and yeah, we had um, we ended the 2018 season with I think 6,000 subscribers, and um, and now it's grown to I think 15 15 and a half thousand. So yeah, it, it it's just started by accident. I mean, I, I've always been a in my work, I've always been a, a strategist and, and this sort of project, you plan meticulously and sort of look at the market need and, and all of those things that you do when you're sort of planning new businesses. But there was none of that in this. It was just, OK, well, let's just fo- follow the energy. That, that's, that's, that's all I did. I, I, I followed the energy and, and, and filmed it. I mean, I had to learn a lot about how to film games the first games. There was no tripod. They were very shaky. I wasn't really commentating much. So, yeah, it's been an evolution, but a, a really, really 
enjoyable and, and, and rewarding one. And over the last few years, um, it's nice that you allude to it there, but how sort of steep a learning curve has it actually been in terms of not necessarily creating the content or filming it, but certainly editing it? Well, yeah, I mean, actually the editing is, is in many ways is the easy bit because I film... I film ball by ball, so uh, and if nothing happens with a particular ball, then I just delete that clip. So I'm left with um, with you know usually about 50 minutes of, of of footage at the end of a game, and I sit down with a with a pint and and just trim that down to to to, to, a, to half an hour. And it's it's actually quite simple mechanically. It's very simple. It'd be tough sometimes to think, hang on, I've got to cut another three minutes out. What what goes? You know, do I cut that, that, or that? So. But um, yeah, generally it, it it it's it's a relatively straightforward process, and I don't put any flashy graphics or or um, uh, uh, you know any any sort of bells and whistles in, into the edit process, largely because uh, I want to get the game up and available on YouTube by by the evening of, of the game on on Saturday. So if the game finishes at seven. 7.30. I like to have the game uploaded by, you know, 9, 10 at the latest. And how has it been sort of, you know, you alluded to it earlier in terms of, um, dare I say, it's sort of recycling or, or reusing the, the footage that you have in archive for, for certainly this year. How has it been in, in terms of, yeah, regenerating content out of what you have before? Well, I think last year, yeah, the start of last year, um, I, I, uh, I, I thought, oh, well, I'll start up an Instagram account. And I, I'd never really... Done, done Instagram or any social media, uh, and I thought, well, you know, there's there's a lot of little little gold nuggets in these games. So ra- rather than looking at a game through the lens of telling the story of a match in a 30 minute highlights package, I thought, well, you know, I can now look at clips of either individual brilliance, unusual occurrences, or you know, Derek falling over. So you have those sort of three three sort of you know groups of of clips really and i just started to watch the games that i had back through but looking through this lens of right i'm now looking for sort of 10 15 20 second clips and there's loads of them and and i try to put out three four or five a week and uh, yeah it, it works well your your clips as i as i mentioned have, have kind of been featured all over lots of different accounts not just your own on and especially on things like instagram and and facebook and twitter and you know people like cricket shouts and and cricket memes and and village cricket and all these sorts of different pages that are you know using your content um there's a few little clips and and things that i think people will be aware of that that gain some serious notoriety that I wanted to mention and, and maybe talk about with you. The first was an incident involving a bale that was dislodged but didn't come off the stumps. So do, you, do you want to tell us about that and then and then firstly give us your take on what should have happened with that particular wicket? I mean, when I was watching that, I was uh, at first I could see that you know the the bowler well the bowler bowled the ball. Um, it was a left-handed batting. He he played and missed outside off stump. Uh, a keeper was standing up and it, the the ball hit the hit, hit, hit the stumps but the uh, and Stan was sort of the keeper was sort of looking down and and he just obscured my view but then he moved out of the way and he's and he, you can then see this bale sort of balanced on the batsman's off stump the leg bale was was intact completely but this one was just balanced and and um and my first thought was Bloody hell! I'm glad that I've got this on film. <laughs> um, but but then it was like, well, what are the umpires going to do here? And they got together and, and had a chat and decided absolutely rightly that that the guy um, wasn't wasn't out um, because apparently the bail needs to be dislodged completely 
and discards completely means um, or there's been an interpretation on this that, that it has to be on the floor um, um, which uh, it seems wrong to me intuitively you know it, it, my sense is that because then the, the umpire comes over and picks the bail up and puts it back in its groove and my sense is well look if the umpires had to get involved in reconstructing the stumps then then clearly the bail has been has been dislodged but uh, but it, it got it got a lot of coverage uh, and indeed um, um, Sachin Tendulkar got wind of it and, and he put it out on his Twitter and his um, his, his Facebook feed and, and a few sort of media, uh, sort of well-known media players sort of picked it up and, and put it out in, in their news feeds. So, uh, but yeah, never, never, I've never heard of any other uh, instance of, of that happening certainly not that's been captured on film no it was it was a very interesting clip and it, it's good to know that you, you have sort of had a definitive um you know uh judgment on on whether it should or shouldn't have been out i have to say for what it's worth i, I would agree with you i mean notwithstanding the fact that i'm a bowler but mm. for me if if the, if the bail is dislodged from the stump and its groove therefore you know it, it in my book that should be out i think you could make an argument for whether it bounced up and then landed straight back in i mean you you probably can't give that out even even on ultra you know slow-mo cameras that they have at you know professional level but i think the fact that like you say the umpire had to physically replace the bail to me would say that's got to be out but um that's probably bowlers for you dan um probably, now, yeah. one, one of the other clips um that i i, I thought we we would sort of talk about is another one that that got a lot of attention for for a different end of the spectrum reason um this is one of the sort of more dare i say it famous village clips where i think the bowler balls an awful sort of pie which is then cross-batted shotted up in the air with a big moo the chap drops an, an absolute sitter at sort of mid on then he throws the ball in to kind of run someone out he misses the stumps falls over because he's so annoyed about the fact he's dropped the catch and then the chap picks up the ball from cover and and throws it back at the stumps and hits him on the head is it something like that exactly right uh uh, instant karma um (laughs) yeah that that was against um um, englefield green one of our sort of you know, Sunday, Sunday games, they're, they're a great bunch um, out near, near Egham, uh, West London. But, uh, yeah, it was, a, <laughs> this is their captain. He dropped about three or four catches in that game. Uh, you know, he, and I think he's well known for, for dropping catches. <laughs> um, uh, and this one, yeah, it was an absolute sitter. And then, yes, this, this comedy of errors took took place and, and once again, being there to capture this. Because uh, if, you, if you described it the way you've just described it, People are saying, no, that, that wouldn't happen. That's ridiculous. But, uh, but yeah, it's on film. So we, we, we know it happened. And as I say, I think it's probably one of those clips that, that gets reposted and reposted across various other people's sort of social media and, and things like that. So it's, um, it's, it's a very, very good clip, I have to say. Yeah, um, now, the, the last question I, th- I thought I'd ask you about sort of individual clips. Dare I put you on the spot and say, do, do you have a, a sort of favourite clip that you've that you, you've, you've captured um, that perhaps isn't one of the two we've mentioned? I, I do like, I mean, I, you, yeah, you have put me on the spot. I, I, I really, really like um, Jacko's catch against the old wits. Um, it's George Jackson. He, he's fielding at sort of deep mid-wicket um, uh, uh, and uh, and guy hits the ball up in the air. And, uh, you know, Jacko's one of the most athletic fielders you, you, you could ever uh, 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 see he sort of runs in no 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 he's he's not at deep 
mid mid wicket. He's at sort of you know normal sort of mid wicket, wide mid on, uh, and he's sort of running backwards, and he and he takes this amazing one-handed catch uh, 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 over the back of his head kind of thing and uh, and, and I love it because I, I'm, I I know that when the ball goes near George I know it's going to be caught so I can have supreme confidence in my commentary uh, <laughs> um, uh, 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 about what he's doing and I, I sort of can see him there and I go Jacko Jacko and yeah and what a superb catch and so it's, it was the whole thing really it was an important catch in the context of the game and it, it, it sort of you know just shows off the the real quality, uh, the quality moments that you can get in in cricket at um, our our level, uh, yeah. So I, I think I think that's a real favourite of mine. I have to say, um, I was rather teeing you up for that because I, I I sort of hoped that might be your, uh, your one of your favourite clips because it's 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 certainly one of the better pieces of cricket I've I've seen on on the channel. Certainly from a fielding point of view, it's it's an absolutely outrageous catch. Um, it's sort of you know Paul Collingwood esque diving backwards behind himself sort of over his head um but obviously in the deep rather than at backward point it's um yeah it's it's a very very special catch so i'm i'm glad i managed to tee you up for that one dan now moving on just to talk about sort of um perhaps some of your your aims for the future of the channel and and things and how you'd like to see it grow and develop well i i would like uh, as much as anything else i would like to encourage other clubs to 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 try and do a a similar thing um, it's been hugely beneficial for us, not not in the sort of obvious direct ways like, you know, sponsorship and, and financials and that kind of stuff, but more in terms of club cohesion um, and, and uh, you know, everyone gets to know who everyone is because they can see them and stuff. So, so having, uh, you know, it's been great for us uh, and the, the, the guys love it, the, the players love it and, and that kind of thing. But um, so, yeah, it would be a great thing for any club to do. And um, I am speaking to a, to a few guys that contact me from other clubs and say, how do I do it? You know, got any hints and tips? And, and so I, I do want to, in many ways, rather than have sort of individual conversations, I need to figure out some way of trying to trying to um, uh, sort of, you know, teach people either run webinars or, or, or do something because I, I believe in. A rising tide lifts all boats, and I think um, there's clearly a demand for for club cricket, both at the sort of you know top end of club cricket, at sort of first level, but and all the way down to to sort of village stuff. Um, and and people do like to watch it. It's relatable. It's watching the sort of cricket that you might imagine yourself playing in, rather than you know the 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 t20s and the professional stuff and the test stuff which is clearly inaccessible it, it's entertainment it's 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 not not as relatable so there's a massive demand for it i'm convinced of it and i think if more clubs could could do it then then we would all benefit and grassroots cricket would would benefit i believe far more from uh, uh encouraging clubs to 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 try this out than creating any new uh, uh, new new format of of of, uh, of of short form cricket like like the hundred, which I don't believe would would do anything for promoting grassroots cricket. I I fully uh, agree with you in in that regard. I think obviously there are there are different ways of looking at it, and certainly I think the hundred is is really designed to well to to create revenue for for the clubs, and 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 of course they need it. But I think you know as you say when it comes to um encouraging cricket from from grassroots up there's there's very little influence i think that that will necessarily have other than you know people just watching it and and, and being enthralled by seeing professional exciting cricket um mm. but 
you know, we'll we'll have to see. I'd, I'm, you know, we're not going to get the hundred this year, and I'm sure it'll be an interesting spectacle when it comes along next year. And, and mm. fingers crossed um, that we're all back out there by next year to to, to play and, and enjoy, as I'm as I'm sure we will be. Now, just before we get to the to the end of the podcast, Dan, I, I thought it would be great if you could maybe um, give us some more some more plugs and, and just tell us uh, where we can interact with you online with with all your content and things like that. Okay, well, obviously the the, the channel is on YouTube, Sonestead CCTV. The Instagram is Sandersted CC. Facebook, I think, is Sandersted Cricket. Twitter is Sandersted CC. So it's all quite simple. And, and if anyone wants to email me, um, Sandersted CCTV at gmail.com. Oh, and uh, uh, we're also on 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 um, TikTok, which um, which is bonkers platform. But that that's that's all good fun. Uh, I really just mirror what what happens on on, on Instagram. So that's the uh, I think I think I've captured everything there. Yeah, I think you've done a very concise job of of, of uh, all the plugs. So well done. Now, lastly, uh, before we get to the end, um, just just tell us about your sort of aims for well, dare I say it, this season and and certainly for next season for for Sandersted. Uh, yeah, well, obviously I, I sit on the committee, so I'm sort of you know involved in in whatever decisions we 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 take. Obviously, we can't do anything until we're until we're allowed to, we're we're ready to go at at, uh, at a you know week's notice. Um, so just as soon as as the ECB and and our local leagues say that we can play, then 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 we'll we'll be there. But I, I'm afraid I'm I'm not pessimistic that that we'll get anything anytime soon. Um, we can start training as groups of six now, which is great. Uh, but you know when when we'll get our first game in, I I I, I do not know. I I just hope that we can get some friendly stuff going in in August and and, and September because I, apart from anything else, you know, we we want to play, we want to get people in the bar, we want the lads to be you know doing their thing. Personally speaking, I want to film some new cricket uh, rather than rather than edit edit this archive. I'm, I'm, uh, it's uh, you, you know it's uh, it's not quite flogging a dead horse, but it's sort of stretching a, a rubber band uh, further than it needs to be stretched. So yeah, I really want to get out there and, and film film some new some new new cricket. Um, other than that, obviously, you know, we need to, uh, you know, all clubs are suffering financially. Um, we'd just love to to be able to, you know, even if we can go up there and have a drink some somewhere. You know, I think when pubs are opened are opening uh, with outdoor space, I don't see any reason why we can't do do the same thing because uh, at least then we can. We could put some money behind the bar and 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 gather together uh, at, at our lovely ground. Very very good. And um, any aims for next season for the cricket club? You know, we will continue to bring in you know one or two new players who sort of fit fit with us. We had some wonderful influx for for the winter nets, and it's just such a pity that we haven't been able to see those guys get out of the nets and on, onto grass. So that's that. Obviously, well, hopefully, will happen next season if, if if not before other than that um we're well we're doing a, a major sort of refurb on our pavilion um so that's sort of in progress so so we'll have a the ground will have a slightly new look certainly inside the, the pavilion and, and and it'll be a little bit noticed outside i will no doubt feature that when when uh, when, when the time's right otherwise there's, there's not a huge amount that we can do because we've got such a small space we don't own the second ground so but we'd like to improve that it has got a bit of a reputation for, for being a let's say a, a bowler friendly track <laughs> you and i would, would would love it miles um but we're working on that um so hopefully we're going to make that better 
and uh, we do want to uh, continue. We've got a very good cult set up, and we obviously want to continue that. And we 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 want to start up a um, um, ladies section, if not next year, then 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 the year after. That's definitely one of the things on our on our radar. Uh, and we're working with uh, one of the local schools, actually the school where Lucy went to, um, who just started cricket a couple of years ago, and we're helping them to to bring to teach you know because the, they haven't got any cricket coaches but uh just pe teachers so we're helping them to provide the, the cricket elements so dan i have to say it's been an absolute pleasure and I, I must um thank you for taking the time to to come on the podcast and and tell us about you know all things sanderstead um it's it's been a real uh real pleasure to, to to listen about the history and and just some of the things that you, you've got going on there and as i say i do hope that you know you can be an inspiration for some more clubs to take up the sort of the media side of things and, and promote that um but b- before we uh, wrap the podcast up have you got any closing remarks you'd like to make well other than yeah thanks very much mars and um uh, uh, you know what, what you're doing is is great and i hope it continues to build and um, I've never been to Macclesfield so uh, at some point I I would really like to Um, I've heard it's a lovely place Uh, you know it's so so either we uh, try and try and sort of slot you in on a tour or something or if I'm ever in the area and you're playing cricket I'd love to come and film a match I know, uh, I know, all the players would be be very keen for that, and I, and I'd, I'd certainly take the opportunity to to extend the olive branch to yourself and and any of one from Sanderstead if you're ever up here, get in touch, and we, you know, we'd be happy to to give you the tour of uh, of Victoria Road and show you around Macclesfield. Would would love that. Fantastic. Well, Dan, f- thanks so much. It's as I say, it's been an absolute pleasure, and uh, yeah, look forward to to catching up with you soon and, and speaking to you in due course. Brilliant. Thank you, Miles. Thank you for your continued support of the podcast. Since the debut episode 12 weeks ago, we have amassed nearly 4,000 unique downloads from 12 different countries, including one very dedicated listener from Sweden. To say the podcast has developed quicker than I thought it would, would be an understatement. As such, I would like to offer listeners the opportunity to become more involved with the podcast by becoming Patreons. The podcast is currently self-funded, and with your help, I would like to continue to develop the quality and content. For anyone interested in this, please visit Patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash get it whacked. Thank you. Yeah.